The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to the Spirited Actor podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I was a casting director for film and TV and commercials for over 30 years. I transitioned to a celebrity acting coach after I cast a film, New Jersey Drive, with executive producer Spike Lee and director Nick Gomez. I auditioned every rapper from Biggie Smalls to Tupac. And I realized that rappers and musical artists, they needed help transitioning to acting. My clients consist of musical artists from Buster Rhymes to Eve, Missy Elliott, Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club, and Vanessa Simmons, to name a few. I also coach sports stars and host as well. I feel I have the best of both worlds. As a casting director, I know exactly what they're looking for. And as an acting coach, I can coach you to be remembered in that room. Now, I know. I know actors want to get the job. I get that. But being remembered by a casting director, that is powerful. Meditation of the day. Happiness cannot be traveled to, owned, earned, or worn. It is the spiritual experience of living every minute with love, grace, and gratitude. Dennis Waitley. We live in a world of abundance. And it's okay to want. There is a misconception about abundance. The universe is willing to provide us with everything we need, and we should sincerely accept it. As long as we are not hurting anyone, it is okay to want and wish for things. Let's not forget that our wants should not be limited to our personal needs, but also include the desires of our family, friends, and the world. I will make a wish for happiness and peace throughout the world. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. (laughs) And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place 
for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I... I'm taking a deep breath and inhaling because I want to prepare you guys for a very powerful interview. And um, I'm letting you know in advance that we're going to have a part two because there's no way we're going to get everything in 28 minutes. And I am truly honored to bring on our guest. Um, you know, he's coined as civil rights documentary <laughs> director, um, he has, um, and I have a story for him that he doesn't know about, um, the cold case of the civil rights um, uh, TV series when you were shooting. Um, but I met Keith, and this was literally, it had to be about 20 years ago when he, I didn't know that he had just come to New York. Um, but I met him um, when he had directed and premiered the documentary, The Emmett Till Story. <sighs> I can't even tell you because um, my first impression was that you were so determined, so focused, so passionate and young, you know? I mean, you just, <laughs> it's a, a rare quality that you find. And, um, I want to say that um, 
for those of you who know his work, and I always encourage you to go to imdb.com to check all of our guests, uh, their credits. Um, but when John Lewis passed, I thought of you. Oh, wow. Because wow. I did. Wow. Because um, your journey, Keith, your journey from 20-something years ago to present day, just with the Emmett Till story, is phenomenal. What you have changed in the history, the history, they got to go back and change the history books because of you. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, I just, I, I want you to hear from this amazing, amazing filmmaker. Um, just the fight is what you have in you, the John Lewis fight. And you don't care about trouble. That's why I want to tell you the story because you don't know another story. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for film director, activist, humanitarian, Keith Bosha. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Well, Tracy, let me say this. Um, it's been truly a blessing to have known you and to watch you grow as well. I um, always was, was um, inspired by you in many ways afar. You didn't know this. Um, you have been the person who has actually helped so many people. Um, you know, you've been the teacher of the stars in that <laughs> sense. So I thank you for providing this platform for me. And I've always, you know, had this admiration for you. Even the few times that we've crossed paths and talked, um, you know, and then reconnecting, it's like it was yesterday. And yep. so I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to be here with you. And I want to commend you on your life's work as well, because you have thank done you. such great work over the years. But I also want to thank you as well for the introduction um, to be um, somewhat in the same line or the sphere. Yep. John Lewis, um, I, I, it just, it, it's, it gets me emotional yeah. because I, I knew Mr. Lewis, Cardinal mm -hmm. Lewis personally, yeah. He supported my career over the years. He was one of the main people in support of the reopening of the case. He also helped with the Till Bill as well that is still yeah. active now. Yes. And so we, you know, I had a number of these people in my life who nurtured me into this person that I've become. Mm -hmm. So to see them pass away I always go back to my saying, I used to say all the time, my heroes were never supposed to die. Um, now, I looked at these people as my heroes as, as if they were invincible. Uh -huh. Now they're passing on. But I continue to have hope because I know that this is life and we have to move forward because this continuous fight for equal justice in this country, um, we have to continue to fight with no questions asked. And that's what um, was so riveting when I met you, because I knew growing up the Emmett Till story. Um, but your um, your point of view um, was a different perspective that I had. And also there was such a human connection. You know, I think sometimes that get that humanizing. Um, this has been and again, for someone to stick to a fight 
for so long. Like there's something different that motivates and inspires you. Um, let's talk about the beginning of that journey for you. How did that start with the Emmett Till story? Um, the beginning of the, I should say my introduction mm -hmm. to this journey came when I was 10 years old. I was in my parents' study and I came across a Jet magazine that had the photograph of Emmett Till. Oh, yeah. And on one side of the page, of course, there's this angelic face of this young boy, sort of a mirror image of myself at the time. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of the page, there's this horrific face of this monster. And I was sitting there looking at this photograph with my mouth open, and I recalled my parents walking by to study. And as they walked by, they looked in, and my mother saw me with this look on my face, and she was, you know, came in to see what, what, what I was looking at. Mm -hmm. And of course, when, when she saw, she looked over my shoulder, she saw I was looking at the photograph of Emmett Till, it startled her. And then she called my father in, and they looked, both looked at each other and said it was time to tell me the story. But throughout my life, the name Emmett Till kept resurfacing. When I got into high school, I was interracially dating. The first thing my parents would often tell me before I left the house at night was don't let what happened to Emmett Till happen to you. So it became this boogeyman story to teach me about the racism right. that still exists in this country today. But my, I have to say there was a defining moment in my life and it was mm -hmm. it happened two weeks before my graduation, my high school graduation. I was at a pre-graduation high school um, party celebration for the local schools in Baton Rouge. And I was actually assaulted by an undercover police officer, officer for dancing with a white classmate of mine. Oh my That's God. what spurred me in wanting to fight injustice, but I felt the only way that could ever be possible if I became a part of the system. So mm -hmm. I began to study criminal justice at Southern University of Baton Rouge, go Jaguars. <laughs> um, and I, I wanted to be a civil rights attorney. That was the whole plan. But then right. my childhood friends, um, friends that you know, Grayson mm -hmm. Gerard and Yolanda Geralds and um, oh. Sean Maxwell, yeah, they had their film company, um, Big Baby Films. Yeah, and I came one summer and told my parents that I would sit out for a semester. If it didn't work out for me, I would go back to school as planned and <laughs> go to law school and so on. Um, it ended up working out for me. I was, you know, working with Jason and Yolanda and Shinoa, and we were yeah. doing music video production and. You know, things got exciting and they asked me if there was something I would ever want to produce as a feature film, what would that be? Uh -huh. And the story of Emmett Till came to mind. So the documentary that you saw was first an attempt to do a feature film wow. on the subject. And what ended up happening in the early 90s, I wrote a screenplay. <laughs> it was optioned off by producers who worked with Showtime and they sat on the project. And by that time, I had met Emmett Till's mother in early 95, and um, she, she befriended me. Um, she began, became my teacher, my, my um, mentor, my confidant. Mm. Um, she actually had a big hand um, on the work that I continuously do now. And so with that meeting, um, my inspiration to pursue justice for Emmett Till was just something that I had to do. And it never detoured away from it because I knew just learning through her as my teacher, uh -huh. I knew how important this story would be 
for us even now. And it was right. only through her vision that I was able to accomplish the goals and, and you know, receive the, the so-called riches, I would say, of this industry right. Um, right. through her. She um, has to be, I can't even imagine her strength. Um, a friend of mine, um, they did a reading of a play years ago um, from her perspective. Okay. And it was from the trial. It was her going to the trial every day, having to walk through white people who were spitting at her, calling her names, you know, pushing her, and then sitting in that courtroom every single day. You know, um, the lies. The, I kept thinking, and especially in your film, about um, Emmett Till's uncle and his aunt when they barged in like... We rarely think, and same with his mom, we don't think of the trauma, <laughs> the trauma, you know, because it's all about keep going, keep moving, get past it, right? But I can't imagine how traumatized that family was that night. Um, you know, it's a different time, but what, how did his mom, like, how did she move forward after that, um, you know, that verdict came down? You know, it's, it's amazing because when I set out to produce the movie and, and of course, ultimately it became a documentary and we're going back to the movie now, by the way. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, when I started off, I could not have done this without the family because, you know, at the time there were only a few books out about the story of Emmett Till and those who have been talking has normally been scholars and historians speaking and, and producing a narrative about the case that the family was not never really truly in support of. Right. And so when I set out to produce my film, I said, the only way I would do it is if I have the players themselves tell their <laughs> own story. That was very important to me. Mm. And so I reached out to Mother Mobley in early 95, and okay. I said, you know, I introduced myself, and it, it didn't happen so easily like that. I'll oh. tell you, the first time I <laughs> called her, I was afraid to even utter a word. I hung up in her face when she picked up the phone. I was just so afraid. I was young. I, I didn't right. know what type of day yeah. she was having. Yeah. I didn't want to bring up, you know, open up old wounds. I was just really afraid to even speak to her because I always looked at her as the mother of the American Civil Rights Movement. And so here was someone that I was speaking to that I've learned about most of my life and finally we're on the phone together and I hung up, I hung up on her. But I, get, I gathered myself after I hung yeah. up on the phone and called her back and apologized for hanging up on her and I told her how nervous I was. And I just, she told me to be comfortable, just relax and tell me what I wanted. And mm -hmm. so I began to tell her my story up till I, I was introduced to the story at the age of 10, just like I spoke about it a minute ago. Right. And she was just very um, open to hearing whatever I wanted to say. And she made me feel comfortable. And we spent two hours on the phone that day. Wow. And so really, it was through her understanding her fight for over 40 years trying to get justice for her side, that became my inspiration. And of mm -hmm. course, when I met other white witnesses and I discovered new white witnesses to the case and all these people um, confided in me to tell their stories, 
They wow. also became my inspiration. But Mother Mobley is one of the most prolific people mm-hmm. uh, I would ever have met in my lifetime. I don't believe that I would ever meet anyone like that ever again. And mm-hmm. I've met many great people by way of Emmett Till. But Mother Mobley was the one who actually nurtured me into this activist that I've become. Mm-hmm. So hearing her story and understanding why she made the decisions that she did. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is a 33-year-old woman at the yeah. time, 1955. Yeah. She was fighting all the isms that existed. Yeah. For her to take a courageous stance like that mm-hmm. basically changed the course of history as we know it. Right. And so, you know, knowing this and, and being able to meet people who are around her, you know, even Sister Rosa Parks was oh. very close to her. I oh. had an opportunity to meet Rosa Parks, oh. Mother Mo- Rosa Parks, through the late Mamie Till Mobley. And I was just a fly on the wall, just a young kid, basically in my early 20s, listening to these stories. And right. so, um, it, it was just truly amazing to me. Again, it's, it's something I will have to write about later, just the yeah. experience alone. But she was so powerful. I had never had anyone who could speak to me and her uh-huh. words moved your soul. Now uh-huh. that is truly amazing to have someone to speak to you and you actually feel the words that are coming out of her mouth. So right. at one time, I like to jo- I joke about it now. She could have told me to go out and kill somebody. I probably would have de- done it. That's how much um, she had me in terms right. of, you know, my attention and awareness to, you know, the things that she was fighting for. So let me ask you, um, in terms of um, the justice that you were talking about, Right. Um, can you update our audience and let them know like where you are now with the story, where you are now also with, um, uh, uh, you know, what the updates have been in terms of legislation and everything. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for asking that Tracy. Cause I could get on this, this talk. I could talk to you. No, this like I mean, I told you no, this is like, <laughs> go by really fast. Yeah, yeah. This is like therapy for me. So thank you for this opportunity again. But okay. um, in 2004, for those who do not know, in 2004, the case was reopened um, by way of, of course, my documentary and research on the case. I discovered there was up to 14 people involved with the kidnapping and murder of Emmett Till. And of course, those who were, um, who were also involved uh, um, with destroying evidence. And so through the investigation of 2004, we discovered there were two people who were still alive who could be prosecuted for the kidnapping and murder of Emmett Till. That was Henry Lee Loggins, unfortunately, one of the black men who were involved. There were five black men I discovered that was involved and who was forced to participate in the murder of Emmett Till. In 2004, one of those people was still alive, as well as Carolyn Bryant Dunham, the white woman <laughs> Emmett Till whistled at. So yeah. by the time of the grand jury hearing, um, we ended up giving, um, and I, I, I'm saying some things that the public do not know, so I'm trying to be careful of the way I work. Okay, I know. I, um, okay. We ended up giving um, immunity 
to Henry D. Log as the black man who was forced to participate. But the only person that was left was Carolyn Bryant Dunham. And some of the evidence that I found uh, against her um, was truly amazing. One, they had a warrant out for arrest, which she was never served in 1955. Um, two, we know that there were more people who were involved with the murder and kidnapping of Emmett Till. We know that she was also present to identify um, Bo, um, to, to identify Emmett Till as being the boy who did the talk or who whistled at her um, yeah. at the store that day. Um, I'm going to say something shocking, and I'm just going to drop this nugget right quickly. Okay. We also know they were also involved with other kidnappings and assaults that evening before they got Emmett Till and Carolyn was involved. So I'm just saying those things. So I'm saying these things to tell you that she was complicit, but a grand jury decided, a grand jury of her peers mm -hmm. decided not to indict her. And we both know um, indicting a white woman in the deep south is something that is not unheard of. I mean, Absolutely. you could probably barely get a prosecution on a national level right. with a story like this and a white woman. Um, you know, so current, currently the case is reactivated. It was reactivated in 2017 because mm -hmm. of a book man release called The Blood of Emmett Till, written by Dr. Tim Tyson of Duke University, where he mm -hmm. alleges Carolyn Bryant had confessed to him about her participation or mm -hmm. her fabrication, I should say her fabrication yep. of the story in 1955. And so we are currently awaiting mm -hmm. um, a decision by the state of Mississippi and the DA. Um, we're pushing very hard for this because again, this is over 50 years that we've been yep. fighting for justice for Emmett Till. And um, this is something I took on myself and, you know, and having the family behind me has been truly, um, you know, wonderful yeah. just to, to be on this journey with them. Yeah. But it also saddens me that in this yeah. day and time, even though we have overwhelming evidence, we cannot, we still cannot get courtroom justice. And okay. so I've grown a lot over the years. The story becomes a very big part of you because it consumed my life tremendously. I do not take filmmaking lightly. Right. Filmmaking is my activism tool. There's yep. people who, out there who do filmmaking for entertainment, yep. bless their heart. But yep. the work that I do, I use it as my activism tool. And I have to make sure some type of justice yep. is done in this case. Whether it's a um, when I was speaking of truth, because we cannot have any racial reconciliation without truth. That's and maybe right. that's more than I'm aiming for in yep. the courtroom justice, because it's simply, I don't, I'm not sure if we, if we ever would come to a point in time in this country and seeing a white woman charged for a civil rights murder. I, we haven't done it yet, it has never been done before. I do not believe it could happen. I thought it would have happened, in 2004 or 2007 with the you know grand jury but it didn't and so my hopes and dreams of of true justice in this country is out the window but i do have you know i do continue my work and i have to say i live by my quotes and i know you live by quotes too yeah, as well, yeah. tracy you know amiri baraka said it best um there's no justice in america it's the pursuit of justice that sustains you. 
And because of those words, I'm able to sustain myself and understand that this is a continuous fight. It just doesn't end. And that's why I said the similarity between you and Mr. John Lewis is riveting because, you know, if you had given up the fight after your film came out, we would never be at this point of knowing the truth, which we all knew. Yes. You know, I mean, especially his family and his mom, they knew. So, you know, um, just how you've affected their lives in being in pursuit of the truth. And you're constantly in pursuit of the truth. Um, So the story that I wanted to tell you is a friend of mine was working with you um, uh, on your crew when you were shooting. Keith has a show um, that... um, you know, it, it uh, brings alive, you know, these cold cases, civil rights cold cases, and tells the story. A lot of stories that, you know, we don't even know about. But my friend was uh, down in, I want to say it was Mississippi, because my dad's from Mississippi. Who's your friend now? <laughs> Dion Sapp. Oh, my brother Dion. Yes, yes. Yeah. He was there in the early stages yes. of my career. This was just coming off of him. And we're working with the FBI Justice Department, but go ahead. And this was in, was this Mississippi you guys were We were, we did a, it was crazy. I got two shows at the same time for television. One series was TV One, the series you're speaking of is Murder in Black and White, which was hosted by Reverend Al Sharpton. It was a cross between Unsolved Unsolved Mysteries, America's Most Wanted. And then I had a History Channel show. We shot them all at the same time. It was something I should have never done uh, because I, I totally didn't expect the impact it would have on my crew. Mm. And, I, you know, I, I'm apologetic towards them all the time when I see them. Right. It was a very challenging thing to deal with. I had already gone through Emmett Till, right. that journey myself. But right. now I'm bringing, you know, new people in my equation and dealing with very dangerous stuff. But at the same time, not understanding how everyone would process. You that's, know, this, this this is, that's a perfect segue. That's a perfect segue <laughs> because the way that he processed this experience, he said, wow. um, you guys were walking down the street with a gentleman whose mother was murdered by, yeah. and she was coming home with groceries. She Johnny had- Chappelle. Yes. And um, a group of white men decided they wanted to kill a black person that day and they shot her and killed her. And he talked about how the family was dismantled, even though there was a father in the home. They all were placed in different places. Foster homes. Foster homes. And um, so Dion said, you guys were walking down the street. And he was like, Tracy, he called me from where you guys were because he needed a, a sanity check. So he said, you guys were walking down the street with a gentleman and he said, Tracy, they black people get off the curb for white people to walk on the curb. And I was like, what? He was like, I'm from Brooklyn, Tracy. Right. And so I was like, "Okay." he said, you guys were walking and the gentleman was talking with you. And he said, do you see that white guy across the street? And he pointed to this white guy and he said, he's the one that killed my mother. Well, yeah, Dion, go ahead. Go ahead. And so Dion was like, Tracy, I just need some words, some spirited <laughs> words, because I, because he said, do you want me to go across the street? <laughs> I was like, Dion, 
I have no bail money. You need to breathe. <laughs> Talk to Keith. <laughs> just, we ended up confronting him. We confronted him. I put him on camera. Oh my um, God. Yeah. And, and that's what my shows is about. It's, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that if we don't get courtroom justice, I'm going to make sure I out you. At least do that. Wow. And, and that's very important for people to really see that the people among us who committed these crimes are still, I mean, there's people who are still with us. Yeah. People need to understand that. You know, this is not so far long ago. You know, right. this Saturday would make, um, we're celebrating Emmett's 79th birthday. Now, if given the chance to actually live, it is possible that Emmett Till would be still alive. Now, 79 years old is my parents' age. Yeah, mine too. You know, and so it, we're not that far removed. No. You know, the fight that we continuously fight today is the same fight that we fought back in the 50s and 60s. And I've just been truly blessed to be able to work on a lot of these cases yeah. that has educated me enough to understand everything that is coming at us right now. Right. And this is why people like Congressman Lewis, you know, C.T. Vivian, um, a yes. lot more people who we lost along the way were right. so important to this right. generation now. And we must not give them the flowers when they pass away uh, or uplift them when they pass away. We right. must uplift them now because we need to be educated by them now. Okay, so this is why they pass the baton to you, because you are the one to get us in trouble, finish the fight, and seek the truth. Because I'm going to tell you, I was like, Dion, talk to Keith. Keith will, but <laughs> I'm going to give funny. you some. He wasn't hearing my spirited <laughs> words because he was like, I'm going to go across the street, Tracy, and I'm going to snap this dude's neck, and then I'm coming back to Brooklyn. It's, it's just sorry. hard, man. It, it's just, you know, I, that experience, we ha I have to write about it because you do. so many of my crew members, we're all young black men yep. on the road shooting this stuff, and we're seeing these murderers. We're seeing, you know, them living their lives. And I just didn't have in my mind the impact it would have on everyone. Right. And it, it, we went through a world of emotions the whole right. time. I had one white producer on my crew who was Italian from Europe. He was straight from Europe. Wow. And he, we, we would get into it with him all the time. It was just wow. an amazing experience that needs to be written about, but it's a story of how black males are, you know, somewhat um, digesting this hate we're continuously seeing. It's just, yeah. sorry, go well, fight, Tracy. It's, well, it's listen, just, you're going to yeah. come back on for part two, because I told you, sure. 20 minutes is to. up. It's up. It's already <laughs> over. And I, I still love. need to ask you, um, and, and I, I really want you to come back. We're going to decide on a date, because I need to talk about the climate of where we are right now and how you think we need to move forward with our to. voices with our voices. Um, I just, uh, again, audience, as I mentioned before, powerful, powerful humanitarian. And um, to know that, I don't know what you're made of. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do a virtual hug so I can get some of that. But um, because, you know, I'm as spirited and positive as they come. But when I did get the call from Dion, I was like, let me get a flight down to Mississippi. Because <laughs> right? I grew up in the late 60s, Black Panthers. Yes. And, 
Keith for real, I thought Lift Every Voice was the national anthem until I went to first grade. And I was like, uh-huh. they were like, you know, national anthem. I was like, Lift Every. They were oh, say, what is that? That's <laughs> like, That's so wonderful. that was my home. So yeah. I totally appreciate love your time, your knowledge, your insight, your spirit and drive. Um, just changing the world and changing our history and, and, and through the eyes of truth, truth and using this vehicle of filmmaking. So proud, so proud to know you. Much appreciated. And thank you so much for your time (laughs) on the platform. And I'm more therapy. You could come on and therapy. (laughs) You can have therapy here all the time. This is what we do on Tuesdays. So um, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together again for Keith Boshaw. Please put your hands together. Thank you. And um, we're going to send you sprinkle dust. And I know that you have some angels out there, Keith, that are surrounding you and protecting you in this journey. And that's so important during this time. So we continue to blow sprinkle dust. Um, so we'll be back with class in session. Something special for you, Keith, on the Spirited Actor podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. 
Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. And we still have Keith Boshaw with us. Um, I want to bring on Jalissa Capri, who, Keith, we have a special gift for you. Um, we wanted to pay homage to you and right now in this moment. So we're not waiting. <laughs> no flowers. We want him to know in this moment. Right, Jalissa? Yes. Okay, so let our audience know what you're going to do. Um, this is for the millions by the last poets, and it just it it really encapsulates the type of work that you do. So for the millions of Africans chained to the slave ships, for the millions of scars on the backs and faces by the bullwhip, for the millions who jumped overboard. For the blood that poured on the shores of North America, South America, Central America, Europe, and each ripple in the ocean is a grave for an African who refused to be a slave. For the millions who cut the cane, picked the cotton, whose names have been forgotten, whose flesh has rotted with the trees they hung us from. Cut out our tongues, cut off our hands if we played the drums. For the millions who were shot, hung, beat to death, tarred and feathered, boiled in oil, whiplashed, backlashed, crocosacked, and thrown in the river. Castrated, miseducated, segregated, integrated, legislated by the constipated. For the millions who've been lied to, denied to, Vampire-eyed too, misguided too, and not abided too. So, we decided to get together and change the weather. Not just for now, but forever. We decided to love each other, stop the madness, and be real sisters and brothers. We decided to stop and take a look at the beauty of ourselves, at this colored skin, and this thick hair, and these full lips, and this Africa, all inside our souls, still <sighs> breathing the breath of God in our lungs. Greatness is where we're coming from. For the millions who marched, sang, prayed, sat and lived in jails and boycotted, picketed, spit at, cursed at, yelled at. Like blacks not where it's at. Like we should be satisfied to ride in the back. For the Fannie Lou Hamers and the Rosa Parks and Eula Mae Johnsons and Eleanor Bumpers and the Sada Shakurs and Gwendolyn Brooks and the Martins and the Authors and the Deacons and the Panthers and James and Langston's Richard Paul, Malik, Marcus, and Nat, and Sinke, and Kulta Kente too. For the millions who know, and those who have always known, that no matter what, truth, crushed to the earth, shall rise again. 
nor how many bullets and prisons, diseases and deaths. No one can take our breath away. We are here to stay. No matter how much liquor and crack, nothing can kill the fact that we are a divine creation. Started civilizations, built the pyramids and the sphinx, taught the world how to pray and think. Not to mention inventions we never got credit for. And all the babies we raised, even when our own were ignored. For the millions with fire in their souls that burn so bright. And the strength of our will as dominant as the night. And the rhythm when we walk. And the rhythm when we talk. Even when we have nothing to say. We are the sounds that put color and spice in the day. For the millions who are ready to turn this thing around, who are tired of being tired and crawling on the ground, it is time to return to our spiritual home, reclaim our throne, and leave this American nightmare alone. Wow. Thank you for all the work that you do. It, it is really impactful, and we will make sure that we continue the journey and join you in the fight. Thank you, Julissa. Um, I, I'm speechless. I did not expect um, such homage being paid to me. Um, you do this work because I have no... I, I, this is all I know. I've known this since I was 22. I'm 49 years old right now. I often hear our elders talk about how history repeats itself. I used to think it was a cliche. It was just words thrown at me. But I never thought in a million years that I actually would see history repeat itself before my eye. It has happened. We have to understand this ongoing fight. Again, this is nothing new. We've seen this fight before. It worked. We survived. We accomplished great things after the civil rights movement or during the civil rights movement. We could do that again. In the words of Dr. John Henry Clark, no people are truly free until they become the instrument of their own liberation. Freedom is not to bequeath from one generation to the next. Each generation must take and maintain its freedom with its own hand. I truly believe that. And this is why I can't stop. I must not stop. No matter how many trials and tribulations that I go through, I have to continue. And so I'm good with that. If I die tomorrow, I'm good with that. I'm at that point now. But your words are so beautiful. Um, I did not expect it. And I just thank you for um, just acknowledging that I exist. Tracy, I thank you as well and the crew. Just acknowledging that I exist gives me so much inspiration to continue on. So thank you. Well, this was our, we honor you, and I really want to know that you know, like Jalissa said, we stand with you in this fight. And so, you know, we may, we may not talk every day or see each other, but 
This reconfirms and affirms where our relationship is and where it stands. And you should be honored. You should be celebrated because you are an influential um, importance to where our history is going to continue to go from here. And the baton has been passed to you from the greats. And they're uplifting you and they're protecting you, Keith. So I just thank you for your work and I thank you for your courage because it takes courage to do that. And I, again, I want to re-invite you back on the show so we can talk about more. Uh, of how I, will, I would love to come back and thank You're you coming so much. Back. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand up and put your hands together for Keith Botoff. Thank you. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, and we will be back with Give Love on the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. And now it's time for Give Love. Get your house in order. Your mind, your body, and your spirit. Your mind. Feed your mind with positive affirmations, with positive mantras, meditations. Feed your mind with the possibilities of what you can dream and what you can achieve. Your body. Feed your body with foods that are going to energize you and strengthen you and build your immune system, especially during these times. Find an exercise that is not an exercise. That's something that you enjoy and something that you love to do. Move your body. We have 24 hours in a day. Give yourself an hour. Your spirit. This is your place where you retreat. This is your place where you rejuvenate, where you regroup. Protect your space. Protect the spirit and the energy that comes into your space and be still in your space. When you are still, that is when God speaks. Get your house in order. Thank you for joining us on the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I look forward to our next Spirited Podcast. Thank you. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, 
Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to a Cross Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 